Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, as always, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price for a week two episode. Uh, we're going to keep with the in-season theme, fellas, and talk transactions. We'll talk about each game, pick a player from each contest throughout the week, and uh, give a suggestion on how Dynasty owners should look at that player or act on that player going forward. I should say, as always, we are recording on Sunday evening, so before Sunday night football kicks off, uh, no comments obviously on the Sunday night or Monday night game, but we'll get to every other game played. In week two, fellas, let's start right away here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Carolina Panthers played on Thursday night. Matt, you had that game. Who's your, who are you covering, and uh, what kind of action are you taking on that player going forward? Yeah, this was a gross game all around. I mean, we, we expect this sometimes from Thursday night games. I think we all expected a little bit more from the Panthers especially uh, and expected to see a little bit more out of this Tampa Bay offense too. But Jameis Winston is, is apparently real, real bad, you guys. <laughs> um, so I, the player I picked for this transaction is O.J. Howard. Uh, zero targets on Thursday, but he did play 54 out of 59 snaps. So he was on the field. Uh, Arians came out and said that he just needs to play a heck of a lot better than he is. So not really sure what that's about. Uh, he, had, he has less targets through two games than Brashad Perriman and less receptions than Dari Ogunbowale. So uh, not so good for O.J. Howard's right now, but we know he's talented. Uh, you know, we, 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 we talked all offseason, does Bruce Arians hate the tight end or has he just never had a tight end? We've had this debate the whole time. I, I think we do know that O.J. Howard is good. Uh, I still like Bruce Arians. I hope they are able to figure this out. Um, but with, with this current downturn in value, I think, for O.J. Howard, I'm, I'm looking to buy right now. If I can get him for two seconds, I'm happy to do that. If I have to spend the late first, I'm not as happy about that, but I probably would still do it. Uh, if you want to try to move a player for him, maybe somebody in like the you know, capitalize on the John Ross value, go ahead and, and sell him. Maybe you can get O.J. Howard for that based on the, the opposite trends they're experiencing right now, maybe a Chris Carson or a Mike Williams, something like that. So I'm looking to buy O.J. Howard right now despite his absence. Complete absence on Thursday. Yeah, there, there's some other things to keep in mind when when considering Howard. And I know the what everybody likes to talk about on Twitter and and really everywhere when it comes to Howard is that they're not using the tight end. But we've seen Cameron Brait be involved a little bit. He had a couple of touchdowns pulled back due to penalty. Uh, and while that isn't Howard himself, um, I think that speaks a little bit to that narrative that the tight end doesn't or isn't used or. or they don't want to use the tight end in Tampa Bay under Arians. Um, with that said, as a Howard owner in a few spots, I'm just as disappointed as everybody else as well and hoping for brighter days. I hope you're right, I, and, and I hope there's a buying window for him. I'm just not quite sure there's, there's really going to be. 
the, the one other thing I wanted to add real quick was I, I kind of thought about Ryan McDowell and his Marcus Mariota, A.J. Brown corollary or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Winston is bad, but, uh, you know, this is dynasty. So if Winston isn't going to be good, then he's going to be gone. Then we're going to eventually see a better quarterback there. And probably, honestly, Arians isn't going to be around that long either if we're really uh, thinking long term. So I still think O.J. Howard is, is worth acquiring. Yeah, I, I do as well. I like the O.J. Howard call. I think the only spot I would disagree with you, Matt, is I think some of the uh, some of the prices you mentioned are more than you have to pay right now. Uh, I don't think you would have to give Mike Williams. I, uh, I certainly I would not be willing to trade a first-rounder for him. I don't think you have to. Uh, I like to do a lot of Twitter polls early in the season just to kind of take the temperature and, and see how quickly things are changing. Uh, following that uh, Thursday night game, with the Buccaneers and and the uh, Panthers, I just asked the question: Which tight end do you prefer in Dynasty? On Twitter, OJ Howard versus TJ Hawkinson, who of course had the the big be- uh, the big week one, and uh, over three thousand votes uh, were were included in that poll, and it was eighty five fifteen uh, Hawkinson's way. So maybe that tells us Howard is being valued as as a low end tight end one rather than a a mid-range tight end one uh, as he was to start the season. I also saw him traded in a pretty competitive league for a second round pick, uh, even up. So I I think maybe a second and a third, uh, a second and a a, a lower ranked tight end could get it done. And if that's the case, I would definitely encourage that. Yeah. So we're, we all concur really. Uh, O.J. Howard is an excellent target. They really need to plug him in their lineups uh, directly today. Let's move on to Sunday's games, guys. I had the San Francisco 49ers and their butt-kicking of the Cincinnati Bengals, 41-17. to The player I chose out of this game, running back Jeff Wilson, 10 carries, 34 yards, and two goal-line vulture touchdowns. Clearly the running back three in San Francisco behind both Matt Breda and Raheem Mostert. Uh, Breda had 13 touches in the game. Mostert had 16. I think uh, the narrative from this game may be that Wilson came in in mop-up duty and got those touchdowns. That wasn't necessarily the case, though. He could be involved going forward at the goal line. He stole a pair of those short yardage touchdowns, including one late in the second quarter when it was just a one-touchdown game. Uh, he's a high-risk flex play going forward, but I think he should be owned in most dynasty leagues. Uh, certainly worthy of at least a low percentage bid in FAAB going forward. He's he's an ad for me. Uh, so if you're looking to spend some of your some of your fab money, Jeff Wilson is a guy to look at uh, for the 49ers. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan. He has hit a few games last year, too, at the end of the season when they were having all those injuries in the backfield there in San Francisco. 23 for 90 in week 14, you know, a 46-yard or 61 yards. So uh, didn't capitalize with a touchdown last season, but he's proven to be a, a decent producer in that backfield. And the way it's going, uh, it could be a different guy every week. So uh, definitely agree there. Add Wilson and Fab. I agree as well. The only the only thing I would add is I think in, in your more shallow leagues, maybe – uh, maybe 23 players and under per roster. I think Raheem Mostert might still be on the waiver wire uh, even after the Coleman injury that we knew about a week ago. I know in, in our deeper leagues, in the Scott Fishbowl, uh, Mostert was a, a popular waiver target last week. But 
Uh, if he's still sitting out here, out there in your league, certainly uh, add him. He had 83 rushing yards uh, this week, 68 receiving yards, and a touchdown. And um, and we still do have to view him as as safer than uh, than Wilson at this point. For sure, I think we'd all agree that if both are available, or Mostert is is the better target and certainly worthy of a bit bigger bid in free agency. Ryan, the Bills beat the Giants twenty-eight to fourteen on Sunday. Your thoughts from that game? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little and squeeze a couple of guys in here. Actually, three guys in here. Uh, we saw uh, Devin Singletary perform really well again in this game, just as he did in Week One. Uh, unfortunately, we also saw him go down with a, a non-contact injury. That's always scary. That was late in the game. They're calling it a hamstring injury. I believe he's already scheduled to get an MRI tomorrow. Uh, so we'll we'll just wait and see what the results of that are. Uh, the the ads there are obviously uh, Frank Gore, T.J. Yeldon, kind of like the 49ers running backs. They're they're almost certainly on a roster in your d- deeper leagues already. Although I I did see uh, many people in my leagues giving up on T.J. Yeldon after week one. So uh, take a chance on either or or even both of those guys if the Singletary injury is uh is serious but the the guy i would really want to focus on here is josh allen he's he's turned in another qb one week i was looking back at his uh performance in week one and and last year as well this guy started uh 14 games now he has five top five quarterback performances uh in fantasy over over those 14 games he was a quarterback one again this week um, so I really just feel like he's, he's still being very underrated. He's the quarterback 17, according to our ADP and, and the highest he's ever been is quarterback 15. This will certainly change now that we've got a couple weeks of data once we pull that October ADP, but he was being drafted behind Drew Brees, Winston, uh, Cam Newton, uh, even Matt Ryan, which most would probably agree with that. I would take Allen over Ryan at this point, and if I could, if I could make that trade and get a little bit more, I would I would do that. So, my suggestion is to buy Josh Allen. Yeah, I I, I think we'll all agree on that suggestion. I want to go back to what you said about Frank Gore, though. Uh, lots of dynasty owners, just like you said with Yeldon. Uh, gave up on Gore after week one as well. It was pretty obvious to all of us that Singletary was going to get a bigger uh, workload going forward. Um, some of us were forced to move on from Gore in in places, including myself in one league, which I'm kind of regretting now. He had 19 carries, just 68 yards, but did score a touchdown. Also caught two passes for 15 yards, 3.6 yards per carry for Gore against the Giants in week two, but looking forward, uh, has Cincinnati next week, then a tough matchup with New England, then at Tennessee. It looks like he's going to get a pretty big workload going forward, probably some flex appeal uh, in the next few weeks as well. Of course, none of us in Dynasty are looking at Frank Gore as an option long term, but in the short term, he looks like he could help your fantasy team. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers, Matt. They uh, had a date with Detroit in week two. Your thoughts on that game? Yeah, the, the Chargers blew another game. Big surprise. Uh, I know we're all, we're all really shocked about that. Chargers going to Charger. Uh, my target here, though, is, uh, is another tight end, one that also didn't receive any targets, uh, just like O.J. Howard. But for him, it was because he wasn't on the field at all. Hunter Henry 
uh, hurt again, right? Uh, it's just the story with this guy. Uh, this time it's a tibia flat plateau fracture. The good news is they didn't put him on IR, so we're hoping he misses, you know, probably in that six to seven rink range. If they, if they thought he was going to miss eight or more, they probably would have put him on IR. So hopefully we have him back at some point this season. And it, but it's clear to me that the Chargers really need a third target to emerge in that passing offense behind, uh, uh, of course, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And you say what you will about Mike Williams. He had a, had a nice longer reception today, but it doesn't seem like he's really going to be a focal point of that passing offense. So uh, if you can get Hunter Henry on a kind of an injury discount, then uh, I would I would go ahead and make that move if if I could buy for uh, you know a twenty twenty second maybe a twenty twenty one first if your league allows two years out trading uh, maybe you could make a move like a twenty twenty first for Henry in a second something like that if and if you wanted to move players somebody in like maybe the Cortland Sutton Corey Davis range um, uh, I, so I'd be willing to make that move especially if I'm struggling at tight end maybe I was counting on Henry this year uh, to to make it and I just didn't have him so I'm and I'm, I'm a competing team so now I want to kind of make a move and and have somebody for the next few weeks while Henry's coming back uh, and, and I want to stay competitive. So I might be able to make a move, you know, to move Henry for another tight end and a pick or something like that. Matt, I, I hope other owners out there share your opinion of Mike Williams and, and are, are, are hoping that he's not or thinking that he's not going to be a big part of that offense going forward. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with his performance in week two. It was only three catches for just 83 yards. Did have the big play that you mentioned, but he is playing through an injury at this point. And to salvage his day with those three catches for 83 yards, I thought was a positive, actually. I think his role will continue to grow. Keenan Allen was obviously the focal point of the offense in week two with eight catches for 98 yards on 15 targets. I think as Mike Williams gets a little healthier in the coming weeks, uh, we could see him, those, those targets rise, uh, the big plays continue to come, and, and as we all know, he's a target in the red zone, which is what they're going to need. They didn't get a chance to do that, it didn't seem like to me, in week two. Uh, we'll see what, what happens in the, in the coming weeks. Matt, I just, uh, just hearing you talk about these guys, I just wonder if you would rather have Henry or O.J. Howard at this point and how you, I guess, prioritize buying them. I mean, they're right in that same tier for me. Still, I think, I think, uh, I think, I still want OJ Howard more, uh, just because I, I don't. I mean, we have a little bit of injury history with him, of course, but for for Henry now, we've just seen it like over and over with him. So I would probably prioritize OJ Howard there. I think people are probably a little bit more down on him just because of the fact that. You know he's got to getting any t- any targets and he's on the field. Um, so it's, I think it's possible people are a little bit more frustrated with him and have moved him down farther than Henry. Whereas you know they might think that you, you might be able to ride it out with streaming some tight ends and, and get Henry back for for the stretch run. So I, I would pro- prioritize Howard, but I think it's really close. I think it's just kind of a personal preference call there. Interesting. I just thought of this, guys. Uh, we've covered the Chargers now two straight weeks. We've chosen them in their matchup. Last week, Ryan chose Melvin Gordon as a buy, who is out. Now this week, Matt, you take Hunter Henry, who's out and didn't play. Uh, it's anyone's guess when either of these guys return to the field. But we want to buy these Chargers, people. Yeah, I mean, look at that, how, how good this offense could be if everybody was in there playing and healthy, right? So uh, buy, buy the main targets. By the targets in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. I had the Vikings-Packers game. Packers come out on top in that one. It was a pretty ugly game. Uh, I chose Kirk Cousins as the guy to talk about in this game. In single quarterback leagues, I can drop Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm sick of it. 
I, I don't want any part of him. Uh, he's a roster clogger, really, for me. 14 for 32, 230 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, lost a fumble, two rushes for 17 yards, fumbled on another play as well. He was hideous, and he does this so much, regularly even, uh, has these dud of a games that I'm, I'm just sick of looking at him. Now, in single quarterback, you're probably not starting Kirk Cousins anyway, especially when we have a full slate, all 32 teams playing, most quarterbacks healthy, not a lot of injuries yet at the position, although we did suffer a couple in week two. Uh, Cousins, like I said, just a roster clogger. I, I, I don't want him on my team. He's my least favorite starting quarterback in the NFL, one of my least favorite players to own, and even in Superflex, uh, I'm just dying for some kind of good game out of Kirk Cousins so I can move on from him. Uh, it, it's ugly with Kirk Cousins when he's throwing the football. Dan, what's your buyout price on Kirk Cousins in a Superflex? Any first? Any first Any, any sure. first for sure. But yeah, like, for I was sure wearing... I would take a first. Uh, if, if I had to take two seconds or something equal to that, um, maybe some young quarterback that's, you know, not really gotten there, a, a bottom third of the league quarterback with a little bit of upside. I see Cousins as a veteran bottom third of the league quarterback that is, I'd be surprised if he's a, a real valuable asset, even in super flex or two quarterbacks, a year or two down the road. Um, we're, like I said, he's a roster clogger. I, I just don't want anything to do with him. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals and the Baltimore Ravens. Ryan, you had this one. I did. This was uh, this was a game I think a lot of people were looking forward to with uh, with the quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Of course, uh, Jackson did not disappoint. Really, just as we expected, he's he's feasted on these these two poor defenses. So it's uh, it, you certainly can't go by Lamar Jackson now or Mark Andrews or Hollywood Brown. Would love to have any of those guys on my team, uh, but but you just can't pay the price that they're they're going to cost right now. So, uh, looking at another guy on that roster, Mark Ingram, I would be selling Mark Ingram. We saw him get banged up and leave the game for for a, a portion, uh, I guess, early in the first half, and he, he was able to return, but. Um, just, just kind of a reminder that that's something he's dealt with all throughout his career. Obviously, Jackson is going to be the focal point of this offense, obviously, um, both as a passer and as a runner. He went over 100 yards today after barely running uh, the ball at all in that, uh, in that first game. So just looking at some of the recent trades involving Mark Ingram on the DLF Trade Finder, uh, he went even up for Cooper Cup. Uh, Mark Ingram for A.J. Green and Cam Newton. Mark Ingram and a second rounder for uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Boyd. Those are all trades I would I would be jumping all over. I think now's a good time to move Mark Ingram. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And you know, I know Ingram was banged up a little bit in the game, but. They're, you know, they're mixing in other running backs already in Baltimore. And, and that, yes, they are a run-first team. Uh, Justice Hill had seven carries for, or excuse me, he had uh, on just one carry for four yards. It was uh, Gus Edwards, actually, that, that was mixed in as well in week two. Um, I, I, you just, you're unsure exactly what the usage is going to be going forward. I, I, I feel like you're on the right right track there, Ryan. I just don't know, considering his age, 
Um, he didn't have the same kind of game that he had in week one. I just don't know if you're going to get those kind of returns. Obviously, you saw them on the trade finder. That's happening in leagues. Um, I don't know. It, would you expect those kind of returns if you were if you were shopping him around your leagues, though? No, no, I wouldn't. Sorry. Uh, I was I was honestly surprised to see uh, to see some of those results, and there were mo- more results that were a little more. Uh, modest or realistic, I, I guess you could say. But, um, I mean, I'm selling him for – if I could get his teammate Justice Hill even up, I would do that. Yeah, that that's the kind of move I would be trying to make for sure. Uh, I, think, I think the upside long-term of Justice Hill far outweighs – Ingram, but I don't think most of the most of your league mates think, or most dynasty owners think that. Uh, let's move on, Matt, to Jacksonville and Houston. Another ugly game. Um, a lot of us thought it might be become a blowout throughout this game. Rookie quarterback on one side, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league on the other. Who did you pick out of this game, and why? You guys will be really surprised, but I'm still buying Kiki Cutie. Uh, no only two, way. Only, <laughs> only two catches for uh, two two catches on four targets for seven yards in this one. Uh, four targets in the game, like I said, uh, did did still out target Kenny Stills, the new addition by one. Kenny Stills had three. Stills did do a little bit more with his targets, but a little bit different uh, area of the field that he's targeted on too. You know, Cutie is kind of the natural slot receiver, but he does have the speed to get deep as well, so he matches up really nicely, complementing Will Fuller and Hopkins. Um, I guess you're probably going to have to worry about a little competition between him and Stills as that wide receiver three. Uh, but this game, in, in in general, I think was just a down down kind of a down game for the the Houston passing offense. You know, Watson had a down game, only 16 to 20, 29 for 159 yards and no passing touchdowns at all. And all of the targets really disappointed in this game. This is also the first game back for Cutie from that ankle injury. Um, so I'm still pretty confident in him. I'm still buying. Uh, there's there's multiple trades on the trade finder of him going for a 2023rd, which I would be doing all day. I might even be willing to pay a late second. There's one for a third in Deion Kane. I'd be happy to do that. So uh, still still on the Kiki train. I still think this Houston passing offense is going to be really good, and I still don't have a whole lot of faith in, in Will Fuller, and I think that Cutie is still probably ahead of, of Kenny Still. So um, still think he's going to be a, a pretty big part of this offense going forward. So I'm happy to buy for those prices. Yeah, I I don't know if I think he's going to be a big part of that offense going forward. I, I think I hope that. Uh, it's it's murky water to me. It, I'm, I'm leery. Uh, lots of question marks with that passing game. Seems like a lot of guys for what they're trying to do. Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Kiki Cutie, they all kind of have to mix and match in that lineup. And are there enough footballs to go around to keep – all their dynasty and fantasy owners happy, along with Andre Hopkins. Uh, they've always talked about trying to involve a tight end. They, they haven't done it really to this point and maybe don't have that guy on their roster just yet. Uh, targets in the out of the backfield, including Duke Johnson, who wasn't really involved in, in week two uh, as a pass catcher, and, and Carlos Hyde never will be. Um, it's just... It's difficult for me. I know the price is low. It's difficult for me to identify one of these guys and say... That's the guy I want to target. He's the long-term answer at wide receiver two across from DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and really go after him in, in all of my leagues. I guess I just feel like Stills is more of a like his skill set matches up a lot more with Will Fuller, and it's almost like Will Fuller is is getting hurt basically every year. I know Cutie has too so far in his short career, but Stills just seems like a like a Fuller 
kind of uh, a hedge for the for the for the for Houston there. So I, I still kind of feel like they want Cutie to be that guy, and Stills is just a backup in case Fuller gets hurt again. Sure, lots of skills with with all three of those guys, and if somebody were to emerge with Hopkins getting all that double coverage. That guy is a player you want on your dynasty roster. I had the Patriots and the Dolphins game, uh, and I chose Sony Michelle as the guy to focus on this week on the podcast. 21 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, he did not, was not targeted in the passing game. He is a sell for me, and, and I guess I would call him a sell in PPR. Um, all the other carry, all the other ball carriers in New England this week got just ten carries. So it's obvious that he's still that early down back. You know, there was that talk in the off season, a couple of reports that that he was be- going to become a, a contributor in the passing game. He was finding openings in zone coverage and had soft hands. All those things. No targets through two games for Sony Michelle. He has a very low ceiling in PPR, in my opinion. I guess unless he gets a lot of of goal line carries, which he did get in week two. I think this is just another opportunity to sell Sony Michelle guys. Recent PPR trades for Michelle in uh, on the on the trade finder include a straight up for Aaron Jones, a straight up for Chris Godwin in PPR, a straight up for Derrick Henry, and then Sony Michelle in a fourth for a first and a third. Those are all tr- trades that I feel good about if I'm a Sony Michelle owner in a PPR league. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I would feel really good about those as well. Um, and, and I really like the call because you look at his numbers today and he did he did have a good game. Uh, again, some of the same conversation we talked about last week with the Ravens against this uh, Miami Dolphins team. We expected Michelle to have a big game, 85 yards in the touchdown. He'll end up as uh, as probably a high end RB2 on the week. And now's a good time to take advantage of that and try to make a deal uh, like one of the ones you mentioned, Dan. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, like we talked about with Mark Ingram, though, Ryan, you know, I, I've been trying to shop Michelle in a few leagues for the last year and a half, really, or, or I guess year or nine months. And I'm not getting those kind of bites. I don't, I don't, I don't regularly see those kind of offers. I was offered a first once for Sony Michelle and passed on it. It ended up being a late first. I didn't feel good about that. And that's the best offer I've gotten in those couple of leagues. Um, if I was offered Chris Godwin, it wouldn't take me very long to sit a hit accept on that one. So hopefully uh, my league mates send me that offer here in this coming week. Uh, Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans, Ryan, who do we got over there? Yeah, we've, we've got Corey Davis, and we should be selling Corey Davis. Um, Davis was targeted three times last week in their, their big win over the Browns. Didn't catch a single one of those. Uh, did see some action today. Caught three passes uh, for, I believe, 38 yards. <clears throat> and, and that was good enough to be the leading uh, wide receiver on this team. He was, he was outproduced by Delaney Walker. Uh, but, but that alone should be should be reason to sell. Um, he's still, still being drafted as a wide receiver too. He's wide receiver 24 this month. And again, looking at some of the trades that have, have taken place, like some of these other players that we've talked about that are maybe hard to sell or their trade value doesn't match their ADP. He's another one. Um, Corey Davis and Kyle Rudolph for Mark Andrews and Preston Williams, Corey Davis for Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones in a second, Corey Davis and Philip Lindsay for Brandon Cooks. 
Corey Davis for Justice Hill and Jamison Crowder. I feel like those are not slam dunk deals for the most part. Um, the, the Cooks one maybe is, but in general, not slam dunks. But those are more realistic of maybe what you're looking at for a sell of Corey Davis. Um, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure he's ever going to be uh, the the receiver that we expected or that we want him to be. Obviously, they did add AJ Brown this uh, this year as as some serious competition for him. Uh, I I expect what we've seen the past two weeks to continue to happen. Those two guys kind of go back and forth, uh, trading off production, and and Delaney Walker is going to be in there. But this is a team that wants to be run heavy, so. For the most part, I want to avoid the Titans altogether, and if that means cashing out at, uh, on Davis while he's being drafted as a as a low end wide receiver too, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and and if you're getting the, even those kind of returns, it's really on name brand at this point. At this point in, in Corey Davis's career, it, it feels like we should expect him to easily be in our lineup week in and week out, and that's simply not the case at this point. Um, I have him in only a couple of places, and it seems like every single week I'm looking for somebody else to stick in there, uh, a hot player from the week before, somebody I even pick up on waivers at, at some points. They're going into my lineup ahead of Corey Davis. It feels like calling him a sell at this point, Ryan, is selling low, but perhaps you're right, and you're you're selling it at whatever's left of of his high ceiling uh from when he was drafted right so so davis i believe today was his 30th career game i think that's correct somewhere around there 29 or 30 he's had three uh three games as a wide receiver one and then only two more as a wide receiver two so out of 30 games he's given us five uh top 24 performances that's it Wow, I was going to question if you guys would actually sell for for those those deals that that Ryan was talking about there. Those that seems like really low, but after you just gave that last stat about Davis, maybe maybe not so much. I, I think the only one I would consider, or or I guess consider rejecting, is the Ronald Jones in the second. Um, I'm, I'm I've never been a Ronald Jones uh, believer, and and. Uh, haven't seen anything to change my mind on that. But uh, the first deal was essentially Davis for Mark Andrews even up, certainly doing that. That was obviously before uh, the Week 2 game. That you probably, probably can't even get that at this point. Corey Davis and Lindsey for Cooks is a slam dunk for me. Corey Davis for Hill and Crowder is, is also an easy one to accept. So, yeah, I would, I would take those three. Probably not the Ronald Jones. If you're getting a pick in return, Ryan, what pick are you accepting? What's the lowest pick you take? I think he's one of those guys that's worth less than a first and more than a second at this point. So yeah. So any first, you're you're accepting. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I lie on him. But I, I just don't know if, especially in the next year, if we're going to see his value go up high enough that you can for sure get a first. So I'm starting to come around on it. it. Felt like when I saw it on our show sheet, I thought, man, it feels like we're selling low. Maybe we should wait for that game, but. Perhaps, uh, perhaps with with everything you just said, you're you're changing my mind on that. We're going to move on to the Seahawks and them edging the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had injuries and poor play and and uh, fumbles and and turnovers and and really bad penalties. Matt, in this game, was there something specific you wanted to talk about? Somebody to buy, sell, or hold? 
Yeah, I guess I'm value shopping this week because I, I want to buy James Washington. We, we, we really can't really talk about this team without talking about the Roethlisberger injury. We don't really know what's going on with that elbow just yet. So uh, we don't know how long Mason Rudolph is going to be in there. And even with Rudolph, uh, Washington only saw three targets, two catches for 23 yards on the day. But I think if we think back to the offseason, the preseason, and the work that, that James Washington was doing with Mason Rudolph, and we do actually see Rudolph uh, you know, take the, take the starter role here for Pittsburgh for even the short term that we have to expect an uptick in in production and and probably some dynasty value as well for James Washington. Uh, We saw Dante Moncrief, you know, he's the one we wanted everybody to be. Everybody wanted to be the wide receiver too there. He had four drops last week. This week he had one target and one drop. So I kind of hope that the Moncrief story is over with uh, and that's going to leave room for James Washington. Vance McDonald also stepped in this game, so I think he's going to be involved. But I I do think going forward we're going to see Juju, Vance, and Washington as the three primary passes catchers here uh so washington still feels like a buy to me based off uh, two kind of disappointing games in a row but if you remember back to the preseason i know it's the preseason but i, I really think that he's going to get on track here in, in 2019 once he starts seeing a larger volume share yeah I, I still like washington as well it's it's really tough to peg any of these guys as as buys right now just because we are unsure of uh, ben roethlisberger status I, I don't think after what we saw today we can be confident in uh, in Mason Rudolph, if it if it's a, a you know a multiple week injury or a long term injury, so uh, I, I guess in in the end that would probably just result in even a lower price with with Washington. And if we're buying, thinking twenty twenty and beyond, uh, I'm I'm good with that if the if the price continues to drop. Yeah, and, and maybe it doesn't even have to drop all that much as long as you're thinking 2020 and beyond. You're, you don't have those expectations of this season. Uh, the Mason Rudolph storyline or narrative is a good one. I like that, Matt. It it just doesn't seem to fit with where they are right now. They're, they're 0-2. They're in trouble. Uh, if he's under center going forward, it seems like they would become a run-first team uh, and Mason Ru- Rudolph would would obviously have to throw the ball still, but that doesn't allow for, for Washington to have a really big breakout, at least the way I see it, and the game scripts that it seems like would would come with that. Uh, either way, though, Washington is a nice target going forward and a guy that you're going to want on your roster uh, in years down the road, I would say. It sounds good that to, to be a running team for the Steelers, but Connor's hurt too. So, we don't again, we don't know the extent of these injuries, but... Uh, unless you're, we're, we're throwing all of our, our, our money on Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels doesn't look like he wants to carry the ball full time. So uh, maybe it was just a game plan thing and they weren't counting on either of these injuries, obviously. And we're going to see a different scheme with these guys going forward. But if Connor and Roethlisberger are out, uh, I have a hard time seeing them being a running team, I guess. The Dallas Cowboys went to Washington and got a 31-21 to win on Sunday. I had Devin Smith as a guy, kind of a blast from the past for a lot of us. Uh, Probably a lot of dynasty owners that saw him score on Sunday and thought to themselves, huh, that guy is still in the NFL, I guess. Uh, Three catches, 74 yards, and that touchdown uh, on three targets. I'm recommending him, I guess, as an ad. He's available across most leagues, unless you're in one of the deepest dynasty leagues. He's probably on that waiver wire going into week three. 
Um, of course, didn't play football in 2017 or 2018 due to multiple ACL injuries. Signed by the Cowboys in January, made the team, went without a target in week one, but did play. He was active in week one. Burned Josh Norman for that big 51-yard touchdown down the middle of the field. Got him by a step. Uh, looked good on it. He appears to have the speed back from when we remember him playing in college and entering the league. Uh, limited snaps again in week two, but I would say made the most of them. And this Dallas offense looks like a dynamic one. I don't know if they're necessarily good enough to support Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, the pass catching running back that is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Jason Witten's going to catch passes. There's other tight ends in the in the fold there. Randall Cobb still mans the slot and, and plays out of the backfield even from time to time catching passes. There's a lot of mouths to feed, obviously, in Dallas. But as we all know, only one injury away from Devin Smith taking on one of those roles. Perhaps he his, his role can grow as the season goes on. We all want players that are in good offenses. Dallas... They, they appear to be a good offense and something we want to invest in. You can get him for cheap right now. I don't think you're going to have to go crazy on the waiver wire to get him. He's probably only an ad in deeper dynasty roster leagues. Um, so don't go crazy for sure. But he's a guy worth looking at if you're looking for some depth at wide receiver. Yeah, and Dan, what you said at the end is is really what would make me agree with, with Devin Smith as an ad. You just want pieces of these good offenses. Uh, Dallas has scored 66 points in in these first two weeks combined, and uh, I mean, there's there's been plenty of conversation about Kellen Moore, their new offensive coordinator, and the changes he's made. Like some of the other teams we've talked about, they they've also played some some poor competition, the Giants and the Redskins. So uh, we'll see uh, how they fare in the coming weeks with, with some tougher competition. But in general, I want pieces of this offense and if they're cheap or free on the waiver wire, uh, all the better. And, you know, Dak, it appears he's taken that step forward. Uh, another big game, 26 for 33 touchdowns did throw an interception. Uh, but man, he's, he's spreading the ball around and, and, as you alluded to there, just just get your hands on these guys because you never know one injury away and, and suddenly you have somebody that is getting targeted in that good offense. Maybe have something going forward. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. They went into Oakland, Matt, and got a win. Who are we going to talk about in that matchup? Well, I think we have to talk about Demarcus Robinson in here. He's probably on a waiver wire unless you're in, you know, again, one of these super deep leagues. Uh, so he's just an ad. I think much like you talked about with Devin Smith, we can we can expect to spend, I guess, maybe a little bit more than Devin Smith because of the size of his game, six for six for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and, you know, Sammy Watkins kind of did a Sammy Watkins thing and, and kind of faded to the background a little bit. He did still get 13 targets. So Watkins is certainly still the wide receiver one there while Tyree Kill is out, uh, but didn't do as much with them today, whereas Robinson had two deep passes from uh, from uh, Patrick Mahomes in the second quarter during that scoring spree. They scored all twenty eight of their points and twenty eight of their points in that second quarter, which I thought was pretty pretty crazy. Um, so this is just an ad here again, just like you said with Devin Smith, Ryan. You know we're looking to add pieces of this uh, of the good offenses, and he's one of them. We don't know necessarily where the ball is going in these, but when we when we get down to these bye weeks and we need these flex plays uh, to, to cover bye weeks and, and some injuries and things like that, you know. It's 
throwing in these flexes that are part of the good offenses, uh, things like this can happen, 172 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, I like this one again. Uh, and then I know we're only supposed to do one player, but I'm going to throw in Darwin Thompson too, just in case he was dropped for some reason. We saw Damian Williams go out with a knee injury. We don't know how bad it is, but we also saw LaShawn McCoy not look so good in this game. So Darwin Thompson might be in, back in the conversation uh, for our lineups going forward. For, so if for some reason he was dropped in a, in a shallower league, uh, go out and get him first before Demarcus Robinson. And Demarcus Robinson was picked up in, in some leagues that I'm in a week ago after the Tyreek Hill news that he was going to be out for a while. I think he was just a, just a wild card, try to, try to see if he can catch lightning in a bottle. Pro- probably not anybody out there starting him in week two, but we're going to be making those decisions in week three, Ryan. And what he did in week two, Robinson I'm talking about, is going to make some of those decisions pretty difficult. Yeah, for sure. It's um, I don't know. I, I just feel I feel a little silly that I, I fell for the Sammy Watkins trap again, uh, and and really everybody did. This guy was was being penciled in as a, a top ten option moving forward with Tyreek Hill out of the lineup, and um, I mean the Chiefs' offense is just too good. It's it's going to be Sammy some games and and Travis Kelsey, and and it's going to be Demarcus Robinson some games. And this will probably be the best game of his season, if not his career, but uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be uh, adding him from the waiver wire and, and maybe even considering putting him in, into our lineups. Yeah, it really is crazy. We, we should actually mention Miko Hardman as well. He had a big game in week two, caught four of six targets, 61 yards, and, and had a touchdown, also had another touchdown called back. Uh, a long one that would have made his day just as impressive as Robinson's. Um, he's going to be involved. You mentioned those other guys, Ryan. Hardman's going to have his games as well while Tyreek is out. Uh, so, geez, good offense. Just get those guys in your lineup, I guess, because uh, they're all capable of these big games. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. Very entertaining game, especially at the end with the two-point conversion to take the lead for Denver. Then the Bears come down and kick the long field goal after the time ran out and they added the second. Uh, Fun game to watch. Emmanuel Sanders was a big part of that game. 11 catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Also caught the two-point conversion that gave them the lead inside of a minute left in the game. All that, very impressive. Let's sell Emmanuel Sanders. We're running out of time to do this, guys. Five catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets last week in week one. So one of the top scoring wide receivers in our game so far to this point. 32 years old, though. I love the story after the knee injury came back, came really out of nowhere. Everybody was writing him off. It's a great story, feel-good story. But he's on the on the minds of dynasty owners because of that. Uh People like him and like the story. I think contenders might start looking at Emmanuel Sanders as one of them targets to fill uh, a lacking flex spot in their lineup. He's an obvious sell for most of us. Um, And like I said, probably the last chance to do it could be. Uh, So I I guess I'm targeting a second rounder if I can get it, Ryan. Maybe you can't get that much, but any second round pick you got to take for Emmanuel Sanders, right? Uh, Yes, I agree. And, I I think even if I had to add a, a third rounder to get that second, I would I would probably do that. Uh, depending on maybe that depends on where those picks are projected, but uh, in, in general, I think that would be a good value. And and I totally agree. You, you've got to cash out now. 
because it's, it, it really could be your last chance. And, I mean, we haven't even talked about the offense in general or the quarterback situation. Those are all to Sanders' detriment as well. Absolutely. Good advice. Maybe throw in that pick to get a deal done and move him off your roster to get some some, uh, future assets. We have one more game to talk about, Ryan. It was one of the, oh, I would say the top billings of the week. Everybody's excited for the shootout in Los Angeles between the Saints and the Rams, but we didn't get it. What did we get, though? Yeah, we we got disappointment. We got a Drew Brees injury, uh, and and because of that, we've we've got to in superflex leagues add Teddy Bridgewater, and and then just to circle back to the the Pittsburgh game, we mentioned Mason Rudolph. Really, exact same advice with him, and in, in a superflex league, add him. The only both of these guys might be rostered. It, it depends on, I guess, how deep the league is. I know some of the ones we play in, guys, are uh, almost every almost every backup is is on a roster. But if you're in a a shallower league where those guys are available, obviously add add them, add Bridgewater, add uh, Mason Rudolph, and then watch the news to see what the the injury uh, update is on Roethlisberger and on Drew Brees, uh, both with um, hand or uh, I think maybe Ben's was a an, an elbow injury, both supposedly going for MRIs early in the week and and now it's just a wait and see game i think we i think we kind of got to talk about Taysom hill a little bit too because if this is going to be a longer injury for drew Brees and bridgewater you know continues to not look that great then then sean payton might want to get a little bit weird with Taysom hill so he's probably certainly out there on the waiver wire if bridgewater is not in your super flex league so so maybe consider picking him up too Uh, yeah i think i certainly don't want Brees to you know, to have a serious injury or to miss time or anything like that. But I would really like to see what happens with Taysom Hill because we constantly hear him talked up by Sean Payton. And in some ways he backs up that talk by putting him into the game and letting him run the wildcat or, or, or catch a pass. He had, I think he had a touchdown in week one, actually. But he talks him up as a quarterback. And uh, in fact, the commentators today at, on that game mentioned that that Peyton had compared him to Steve Young as that as that uh, athletic backup behind a future Hall of Famer. Of course, Young backing up uh, Joe Montana for for so many years. I, I mean, I would really like to to see how he uses him because I can't imagine he would his actions would go along with those words. Uh, yeah, maybe he he still gets the the weird plays and, and, you know, the trick plays or whatever, but I can't imagine he's, he's going to use him as a, a drop back passer at all. I mean, even, even though if, if he doesn't, he might get inserted with some more frequency than he did with breeze. Cause I don't think Bridgewater is adding as much to his pass attempts as, 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 as uh, breezes, you know? So there's a chance that he's going to be just that weird option, even more with more frequency. I oh, guess. for sure. I, I don't mind adding him in a, in a super flex league at all. Um, I just I feel like this may, you know, this may force uh, Sean Payton to put kind of put his money where his mouth is. And I don't think that will happen. So I think that'd be funny. And, you know, if I could add this, guys, a a lot of dynasty owners will look at what Bridgewater did in relief on Sunday, 17 of 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, two carries for five yards and think to themselves, wow, that, that's not good. That didn't look good. 
Um, he was playing the Rams. He did come in in relief. Didn't get a lot of work throughout the week, I'm sure. If he is to be under center to start the game at Seattle a week from today, I think we're going to see a different Teddy Bridgewater. I agree with you guys. Taysom Hill should be added as well. The question I have for you is, if Bridgewater's available, how how aggressive are you going to be in a super flex league when making those bids? It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percenter. You know, just like with Brissett, just like with uh, uh, Gardner Minshew last week. I, I think he's a hundred percenter. Like you, ha- if, if you if you have a bunch of money left and you want to get him, you have to spend it all. Otherwise, you're not going to get him. Yep. That's- yeah. Last week. Last week, I, I said I wasn't willing to go that, that high on Minshew. I'm absolutely going all in. This is the one you were waiting for with Bridgewater and that offense and those weapons. I want to get Bridgewater. I don't save a dollar back to try to get Taysom Hill, too. I, I go all in on Bridgewater, and if, I guess if somebody has a higher waiver claim number than me and ties me and takes the guy away, then then add add another claim for Taysom Hill just in case. Uh, but all those guys are worth rostering for sure. With that, let's call this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast a wrap. Thanks for listening. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. We'll catch you again after week three of the NFL season. <laughs>